You're listening to the Sister Doing Okay podcast, a space where we have honest conversations about motherhood, mental health, sisterhood, and faith. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm so glad you chose to join me today. Hey, sis, look who's back for a second week in a row. Me, I told you it was just a little situation. This is a weekly setup, so you can expect to hear from me more often. Anyway, how was your week? How was your weekend? Since the last time we hung out together, how have things been? I hope they've been really good. Mine has been pretty good. Can't really complain about much, but before we get started, I just want to share with you some really interesting information that I found um, doing a little mental health research because like that's my, my jam. <laughs> anyway, so there was a study conducted by the University of uh, Washington, the School of Medicine, and they are now testing this new treatment for resist treatment resistant depression. And guess what they're using? Laughing gas. Here's what the article says. A single one hour treatment that involves breathing in a mixture of oxygen and nitrous oxide, otherwise known as laughing gas, significantly improves symptoms in people with treatment resistant depression, according to the new data from researchers at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis and the University of Chicago. Apparently, this is like a two phase clinical trial. And the researchers have said that people are demonstrating an improvement in their depression symptoms when they inhaled nitrous oxide. So (laughs) I think that's really interesting. And I could totally see how this would work because like my youngest, he fell and he received trauma to his tooth, which caused it to die and he had to get it extracted. And he was like four at the time. So they used nitrous oxide on him. And when I tell you brother was like drunk or the equivalent to high, like he didn't even care. Like he was totally like everything. They could have done anything to him and he would have been fine. So I can totally see how nitrous oxide could improve the symptoms of treatment resistant depression. What are your thoughts? Do you think this is a viable treatment? Like, I know you guys are not like doctors or whatever, but like anybody who's had nitrous oxide knows, like it makes you feel kind of nice. So anyway, how can you let me know what your thoughts are? I'm glad you asked. So if you're on Instagram, you can send me a DM. My handle is at okay. Or you could visit my very basic website, Listen, I'm not even embarrassed about it. Right now it's basic. It's not going to be that way forever. But that website address is www.sisterdoingokay.com. You can scroll all the way down to the bottom of that page and there's a guest book. You can leave your name, your email address, and your thoughts about this. Is nitrous oxide really a viable option, do you think, for treating depression? And finally... If you're listening from Apple Podcasts, there are a couple of things that we're going to do while we're there, okay? So up at the top right-hand corner, there's a little circle with three horizontal dots. If you're not already following the podcast, go ahead and tap that, and you can tap follow. Boom. Step one done. 
Then you're going to want to scroll all the way down to the bottom. You'll pass five stars. Go ahead and just fill those in all the way, all five of them, only if you mean it. And then if you have some extra time, I would love to hear your thoughts in the review section. Um, or if you don't want to talk about this nitrous oxide situation, but you want to tell me how much you are uh, resonating with the show, tell me your thoughts. Let, let's reserve the, re- the review section for positive thoughts only. If you have some issues that you want to hash out with me, send them to my email at the website. Anyway, uh, this week we are continuing the conversation with Deanna And if you listened to last week, you heard her share honestly and very openly about her revelations of the infidelity, how it felt, the things leading up to her not setting boundaries and all of those things. But if you haven't listened, go back and listen to this. And then this episode, not this, go listen to that so that this episode makes sense. Because in this episode, we're picking up um, when we start talking about her mental health, how um, this upset to her marriage affected her mental health. She shares with us some of the coping strategies that she defaulted to. And she also shares some of the healthier strategies and tools that she has acquired through a couple of years of therapy. This conversation again is so full of wisdom. And I am grateful again to Deanna for sharing in such an honest and vulnerable way. Guys, you are going to want to listen all the way to the end, and I would love to hear your thoughts. So without any further delay, let's continue part two of this conversation with Deanna Johnson. Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot. Okay, so you'll notice that this episode is marked with an E. There is no cussing or anything like that. That's not this kind. Of, that's not the kind of show we are, but some of the coping strategies that she had defaulted to before uh, therapy are a little bit mature. Let's say they're a bit more than PG-13. So I just wanted to uh, give a warning for those listeners who are younger than young adult age and for those who may be sensitive to that kind of stuff. Um, somewhere in the episode, I will pop in and say, hey, hey, this part, and I'll let you know where to skip over to. All right. So for real, for real, let's get into this episode. (laughs) So um, my mental health, I wasn't I wasn't doing well Mm -hmm. um, at all, but a part of my coping so in the past when it would happen my way of coping was to bury it and to do other things um, which was an unhealthy coping mechanism that I've learned as a child Mm -hmm. so I turned to other things to distract myself and so here I am now having to face it um, because now he's no longer in the home Mm -hmm. and (laughs) the stuff I was trying was not working (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um I would say and when I think about this I get emotional because it is by the grace of God that I am sane and in my right mind Mm -hmm. because I've heard stories 
of women that end up in um, the mental institute because you really lose your mind. It's like you keep thinking, how could this happen to me? Mm-hmm. And, and so even though it's happened so many times, like I said, I buried it. So when I had that conversation with my friend and she was like, honestly, you don't even see like we see it, but you're so numb. Mm-hmm. that you can't even feel it anymore. And so when I finally finally felt it, mm. it was the heaviest weight mm-hmm. ever. Um, I could not sleep. My anxiety was through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I would wake up paranoid. Um, I was afraid. And, and, you know, a big thing is when you have a, a man in the house who is the head of the house, He's also like your covering. And Mm -hmm. so I felt like that was gone. Like I Mm -hmm. was naked and vulnerable Mm -hmm. and anything could come my way and attack me. So I felt so unsafe. Um, So the reason why I'm sharing is because I can't help but think about that woman who is probably listening to this, who is in the midst of a pandemic and thinking or dealing with these thoughts, you know, like I remember sitting and well, people would say, you're doing so well, you're so strong. And mm-hmm. that word, you're a strong black woman. And I said, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to knock someone out <laughs> okay, because I've also heard that from him saying you're strong. And it was like, because I'm strong and because I tend to look like I bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the weight that you keep putting on me. And I, and I, I was so broken and so weak that I didn't like being told that I was strong. And um, the worst part of it is that I carry a smile. I just, I always smile. That's a part of my personality. That's when I'm nervous and sad, mm-hmm. I smile. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I carry this smile and people on the outside think I'm handling it well when I'm not. And so mentally there were, there were times where, I would sit in my room and now I'm going through being home alone. Kids are with their father. I could hear the pin drop. That was never the case in my house ever. Mm -hmm. And so getting used to that norm. um, And I remember sitting in my room and I'm like, I'm bleeding, but nobody could see it. Mm. I am Mm. bleeding internally. Everyone's saying that I'm fine. I am dying on the inside. And no one can see it. And that's when the very first time in 2011, when it happened, I thought of cutting myself. Okay. And I reached out to someone and said, I'm having these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And they prayed with me Mm -hmm. because I know that no Christian should be thinking about like Mm -hmm. nobody, not even a Christian, like that's, that's harming yourself. Mm -hmm. Why are you thinking that that's what you need to do? And so the reason why I was thinking that's what I need to do was because the pain was so deep mm-hmm. and everyone's looking at me saying you're doing so well. And I'm like, but if they could see the pain, if they could see the blood, if they could see the scar, like this is, it doesn't feel good. And I hear mm-hmm. women say, I'm just going to leave him. And sometimes I want to knock some ladies out. Cause I'm like, he just didn't clean the toilet or mm-hmm. He didn't put the seat down Mm -hmm. and he didn't cook or he's like, you're complaining over these small things. I'm like, girl, that's nothing, (laughs) you know, like there's real things. And, and you think 
just leaving the person is the solution and everything will be fine and dandy. But it was mentally, I, um, I kind of lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and I, it's understandable. And, I, and it, it was, uh, what is that? The fight, flight and freeze. freeze. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know how to be me. I didn't know how to live without the other person. I didn't know my identity. So all these things came crumbling down and I really um, had no idea who Deanna Johnson was anymore. Uh, I looked at myself in the mirror and didn't know. So mentally, I had to change the way I thought about myself and the thoughts that I was telling myself, um, change my thinking or else I was going to be in a straight jacket. (laughs) Yeah. And the worst part about it too, was that I fostered. Mm -hmm. So I had CAS in my business. Mm. They would not let me cry and not let me cope the way I needed to, because they were constantly watching and they were like, is this person able to care for the child that we've put in their home? Is Mm. this person able to care for their own kids? So the weight of that was a lot too. Um, And all of that um, really drove me crazy. But like I said, it was by the grace of God who carried me. And at the time I didn't feel like he was, I didn't see it, but I could look back now and see that he held me through the darkest days of my life. He kept me from, you know, I had the thought of cutting myself, but then I've also had thought of releasing what I was feeling by, you know, sleeping with someone else Mm. or, you know, um, the Mm. thought of taking drugs to numb the pain or just drinking it all away. Like there's so many things that people do to cope. And I really wanted to make sure Um, not make sure, but it was really by the grace of God that I did not go that route because I don't know if I could come back from drinking or, you know, taking drugs. Um, I don't know, but you know, you never know what he can pull you back from, pull you out of. And so, so that's, that's my little, uh, got very uh, deep there. (laughs) that's okay no this is what hello honest conversations these are the conversations that people need to hear and have because there are a lot of women who are feeling these feelings right and then sometimes all Mm -hmm. we really need to hear is somebody else say oh I felt that too and it frees somebody right our Mm -hmm. struggles are given to us so that not just to strengthen us, but to strengthen others. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I'm just listening to you talking about like the self-harm and Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, before this year, I would never have understood that, but you Mm. can get to a place where, and full disclosure, I recently had thoughts of that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a really real thing because Mm -hmm. like when you don't deal with emotions, it's like, you compact them. Like I think of like 
like a when you go to like a junkyard or like those metal scrapyards where they just press all those cars mm. into like rectangles mm-hmm. like that's what's happening to our emotions mm-hmm. and if we don't deal with them they just keep on piling up and piling up and then mm-hmm. when we finally do start to feel them it's like whoa i yeah. have no ability to deal with <laughs> deal with this and like it almost feels like this hurts so much inside I need to justify this pain externally and mm-hmm. it almost feels like if I do this, this will match what I'm feeling inside. Like I remember I used to work with kids um, when I did social work for a little while and they were, they would cut themselves. And back then I didn't understand, mm-hmm. but now I get it. And it's not that mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that I would ever do that, but I think number one, two things I want to really just, highlight number one it's normal to have thoughts like that Mm -hmm. there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with having thoughts like Mm -hmm. thoughts come and go uh the problem is when we start acting on thoughts and then Mm -hmm. number two these things happen to christians too like these thoughts Mm -hmm. come up in christians minds Mm -hmm. too and and this is part of the reason why i wanted you to come on here so that we can normalize this conversation not only Mm -hmm. as women but as christian women as well and not just this is not a message just for christian women it's for all women like these Mm -hmm. feelings that people have and it's Mm -hmm. okay to have these feelings we're human um Mm -hmm. you did therapy are you are currently in therapy and you've been doing that for two years you said how did you what were your thoughts about therapy prior to having to need counsel yourself so i i went to therapy in the past we went to therapy together Mm -hmm. um and so it was always a we thing. And when I went and went to therapy this time by myself, I still had in mind that, you know, you're going to help me deal with my marriage. Mm. Um, I didn't know that I was going to be in therapy for myself and that he was going to help me get to the root of some of the things that I had buried that I avoided for so long. And so um, a big part of that and even dealing with the pain and the thought of cutting myself, it just came from feeling abandoned and alone, Mm. feeling that and feeling rejected. Mm -hmm. Um, And those were feelings that were normal to me as a child. Mm. So what ended up happening is the young Deanna started to make herself known in this world. Mm -hmm. I went back to I would say the 16-year-old Deanna who was wild and free and didn't care, didn't follow any rules. Mm -hmm. Unhinged, (laughs) completely unhinged. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just kind of went off of what I felt. um, Mm -hmm. Just living a, yeah, very wild life and... I was going back to the, uh, the thoughts I had, um, just the things that I did to cope at the time. And um, I know this is a kid-friendly, is this like, do parents and their kids sit down and listen no, to this? No, or? no, no. Okay. We can always give a disclaimer. I could put a little E beside the episode. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Go okay. in. Okay, so here's the part. It's about to happen. Um it's not, I promise you, it's not super bad, but if you are sensitive about the topic of pornography and masturbation, please skip ahead two minutes. Okay, let's get back into it. So go I'll go it. in. 
Um, I struggled with pornography as a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and my dear Lord, if my mom hears this podcast, she'd be like, what? I didn't know that. (laughs) Hi mom. Give her a heads up. (laughs) Um, struggled with it as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, was something that I used to escape my world. When things got crazy and chaotic, I -hmm. would escape. And some people, for me, it came with masturbation as well. So those two together, guys, I'm being very vulnerable. Like this would never be shared on anything else but okay. because I know who's listening. Okay. <laughs> and okay. I and I I don't feel bad sharing it because I I wanna show people that you know this is like it's just real this mm-hmm. is real stuff I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. So those were the things that I learned to cope with when I was younger. Um when the abuse was happening mm-hmm. I would escape into this world um watch whatever and do whatever, get mm-hmm. this temporary status, uh, gratification, and then move on with my life, step mm-hmm. back into my reality and mm-hmm. do what I needed to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And so this came like, it came back and it came back 10 times harder. Mm-hmm. And that was the coping thing that I was using, um, to just, get through what I couldn't control. There was so many things happening that was beyond my control. My son was acting out, out of hurt. My kids were like, you know, why did daddy leave? And it was almost like it was my fault. Mm -hmm. And so it's all this weight on me having to deal with the school and just, it was just, it was a lot. And so that's what I ran to. And in counseling, I remember my counselor, I shared it with him. And even that was awkward because it's a male counselor, but right. I knew that I was ready to, I need to deal with some stuff that I've been burying for years. And so mm-hmm. I brought it to the table and he said, you know, we're not going to run. And I can't quote it, but he pretty much said, that's not the main issue. We're going to get to the core. Right. And the core of it, the root of it was abandonment and rejection. So whenever I felt those two things, mm-hmm. I would tell myself and believe those things, tell myself that no one wants me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your fault. And mm-hmm. just, you know, beating myself up as a kid, as a 16 year old, as a, a young child, like you say those things to yourself and you believe it. Mm-hmm. And um, as an adult now, I'm believing this voice that I've been hearing for years and we got to the root of it. And he also showed me how to now, um, how to deal with it. And so I've been free from that. It's been two years going on two years. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. And so I'm just so grateful because I never thought that there would be freedom in that at all. It's still a fight. It's still, I have to choose to not do it. I have to run to the tools that I've learned through Mm -hmm. therapy Mm -hmm. to fight it. Um, And therapy has been the best thing ever because I'm learning, I'm given practical tools. I'm learning how to cope in a healthier way. So at this time when, you know, a lot of people feel alone, 
mm-hmm. when that feeling of abandonment and rejection should be weighing me down because I'm in a pandemic, I can't work, it's just me alone. I've been able to tell myself and remind myself of what's true. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. The Lord is with me. I have a great army of support people behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, just just telling myself what's true. So whenever I felt the um emotions, the feeling come on strong of feeling abandoned or and rejected, I had to tell myself what was true mm-hmm. and to replace that lie with truth as well as God's word. And um, because of that, I'm doing so much better now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wanted to add, when you're dealing with stuff like this, so some people don't know, but when you go through a, a divorce or separation, it comes with um, temporary PTSD. So some people just think that, you know, only like something really traumatic, but this is really traumatic because your world changes overnight. And, yeah. um, you know, I now recently took, uh, started taking medication for my anxiety because I, I recently had to move from my home, but I wasn't taking it then. And I wish I did, but it's mm-hmm. because I was telling myself, no, I could do it. Jesus in therapy is enough, but mm-hmm. I could have, um, kind of dealt with the paranoia and all that I was feeling in the nighttime by having something to really calm me down because I was dealing with a traumatic situation and mm-hmm. I was, you know, there was curveballs coming from every, every angle. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. Like, honestly, Deanna, you're doing so well. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you're being so vulnerable because, um, yeah, you're brave. Honestly, I commend you. I'm not going to tell you you're strong because you're going to punch me through the screen. <laughs> but I am going to say that you are so brave um, because it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing right now. Um, but again, I know that this is going to help a lot of women who need to hear this mm-hmm. message. So now are you officially divorced or still in the process of being divorced? I'm still in the process of being divorced. Okay. Um, that in itself, oof, no one told me that was going to be difficult. So it took a long time for me to get to that place of accepting mm-hmm. divorce. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. really hoping that there would be reconciliation. Right. Um, it's been two years. August will make it three years of being separated. Uh-huh. Um, and so I finally faced, came to the conclusion that it's, it's done um, in October of mm-hmm. 2020. Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously this whole um, process has changed you. That's mm-hmm. apparent. How would you say that it has changed you for the better? I thought you were going to say the worst. <laughs> I know I was going to. <laughs> Well, I made my I mouth share. to say worse. And then I said, no, better. <laughs> but it did change me for the worse in the beginning. Until okay, let's talk I... about it then. Let's get that okay. out of the way. Yeah. All right. So I remember. Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember, like I said, that 16-year-old came out. Mm-hmm. Your girl decided to go to Carabana. Okay. And like clothes that was just not appropriate. How about we just say uh, pretty much no clothes at all? 
<laughs> well, it what I was fully covered, but it was so tight. Like oh, the okay. butt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went because I wanted the attention. I wanted right. to be seen. I wanted to know if I still had it. Mm-hmm. I was acting out of character. Like I said, I didn't know who I was. That wasn't, that wasn't me, you know? And so I remember like getting so angry, even interacting with um, my ex and just swearing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I think of Kirk Franklin when I say this, cause I'm like, if someone had recorded me, Mm. (laughs) they'd cancel braids me. Perfect. I'm sure. But it was just, I was just not, I also said I didn't want anything to do with church. So I wasn't going to church. Um, I was so lost and confused and didn't know who I was and was just acting out of character. And so fast forward to getting counseling. And I would say it's been a year of really, of being on this healthy path. Right. um, Where now I am using my voice like I am now. Good girl, good girl. I'm uh, using wisdom as well when I share Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) because mm -hmm. before there was no filter. Um, (laughs) I would just share and uh, not really think about anyone else. And yeah, so really thinking about why am I sharing this? Mm -hmm. Who is this for? What's the purpose? You know, um, I am being more bold and confident. So confidence was something that I was lacking. And the more that I spent time with my heavenly father, the more he built me up and reminded me of who I am. Um, And so that whole tying myself to my, well, what I believe to be my identity. So being a wife, that was gone. Mm-hmm. Being um, a good mom. Well, now I have kids saying that I'm, you know, mm-hmm. not nice and not mm-hmm. doing all these things. Um, a single mom, I had to now remind myself, and it was in counseling that my counselor had to say, okay, so you are not married. That's okay. That's that, that doesn't define you. You are a single mom, but it doesn't define you. So I had to really believe, um, I had to shift my thinking and not hold on to those things that I thought defined me. And I think right now that's so important because a lot of us are in a place where a lot of things are taken away from us Mm -hmm. that we held on so tightly to. Mm -hmm. And now we're probably trying to figure out who am I without the gym membership and that snap, that (laughs) slim trim body, Mm -hmm. because COVID now has me eating everything. And (laughs) 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 guys, I'm over here. I packed on some weight too. So you're not alone. (laughs) Trust me. But (laughs) (laughs) But knowing that your identity isn't wrapped up in those things, your identity Mm -hmm. comes from your creator and what he says about you and who he says you are. And so I had to now believe those things. And because I believe those things and because I know who he says I am, I'm more confident. I'm bold. I can have interviews like this and know that like prior to 
I, I, I sent Desiree a message. I'm like, I'm so nervous. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, pray for me, please. But then even for myself, I wrote in my journal and I'm like, God, which is another healthy thing that I, I do journaling. Mm -hmm. And I said, God, I'm going to have this interview. I need you to guide me. I need you to speak through me. I need you to help me to not share too much of what I don't need to say. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but just what, what just be my, (laughs) be my voice. Yeah. And, um, just knowing that knowing who he is and how he's brought me through things and all that he's done for me, I can rest and believe that he will do that too. So the things that I do that I'm afraid of, um, I know that I could lean on him. That's where my strength comes from and just do it scared in the Mm -hmm. flesh, but Mm -hmm. really my soul, I'm sure is like, just do it, Deanna, because people need to, people need to hear this. And so I'm a lot more bold and confident. I Mm -hmm. could run a business and speak up for myself. Mm -hmm. Didn't have Mm -hmm. a voice then. (laughs) Didn't know how to tell people no. Mm -hmm. Now I'm telling people no. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) And just also being comfortable in my skin. I could look at myself in the mirror on my worst days Mm -hmm. and still love me because I know who I am. And it's, it's more than just my outward appearance, but I know who Deanna is. And I could say that the Lord really ripped up, destroyed my foundation because what I was standing on wasn't solid. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't truth. It was just a hot mess. It was broken pieces of what I thought to believe was something that um, would sustain me and keep me um, going, but it wasn't. And he destroyed everything that I was standing on. And now I'm standing on him, Mm -hmm. a solid and firm foundation. And so when I do make mistakes, I'm not perfect and I'm not, um, you know, we're all human beings that I can fall, but I'm falling on him and I could get back up and keep going. And that's so. probably the most comforting part that mm-hmm. even though we go through all this mess, it's not going to be the end of us unless mm-hmm. he says it's the end of us, but right. we can go through this and continue to be strengthened. I just, I feel like the the underlying message of your story is that even in your brokenness, you are able to be there for somebody else. I feel like that's mm-hmm. like your whole mission in life for, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to be there for someone. Yeah. And, yeah. and I could share, we spoke about mental health, but we didn't talk about health. And there was a time when I had gone through the, you know, infidelity again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember it was my daughter's um, birthday and I couldn't go. Cause I also had pink eye and I had planned this thing. And right. I didn't share much with people. I didn't talk about it. And at that time I had gotten Graves disease. Mm. So I'm not sure if you know what that is. Hyperthyroidism. Right. um, Where it affects your hormones and um, Graves disease, you lose muscle mass. Um, So I lost a lot of weight and I had no strength. I looked scary. Everyone was like, are you eating now? Are you? Mm -hmm. And I thought it was also because I was breastfeeding. um, And I didn't know that it was because I had this condition, this illness. 
until like my hair was falling out. So even when I looked at myself in the mirror, my kids are like, why did you cut your hair? We don't like your hair. And I'm like, well, I have no other choice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is what it is. And back then we didn't have wigs like we have now. So Mm -hmm. if I put a wig on, it would fly off because it had nothing to hold on to. (laughs) And I just, it was because when I look at the situation now at then, and I eval- I spent some time evaluating it and I'm like, why did it get so bad? But it's because I wasn't, I wasn't speaking up. I wasn't saying anything. I held it all inside. And me as a person, I really heal through sharing. Mm-hmm. Some people heal through maybe it's playing music, like playing the piano. That's how you tell your story. Um, but for me, I had to vocalize it. Mm-hmm. I have my journal. I had to get it out. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. I kept it in, it's, it destroyed me. And so I am on medication for it till this day. It hasn't gotten that bad, but when it's at its worst, um, you have to do surgery to remove it and yeah. fix your eyes as well. Cause your eyes end up bulging out of your, right. your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, all of that kind of just points to why it's so important to not stuff things down. Right. Because, mm-hmm. um, not only are you harming yourself emotionally, you're actually harming your physical body as well, because stress and all the other mm-hmm. things they need to get out. Um, I never was a journaler before either, but now I'm just, <laughs> it's amazing how like just writing something down mm-hmm. can feel like you get it out. It's somewhere mm-hmm. for, somewhere else for your thoughts to live instead of just in your head. So right. um, I uh, think we're going to have to, I mean, I could sit here for another four hours. Just, I, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could go in, in, but uh, we don't <laughs> have time for that. Those listening, <laughs> we want to respect your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to, um, I want to ask you two more questions. The first question I want to ask you is if you had a chance to redo anything or everything, what would you do differently? I would get to know me before I said I do to someone. Mm. I would get to know who Deanna is. Mm -hmm. Um, What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? Build my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was broken when I went into my marriage. Mm -hmm. I had all these other issues that I brought into the marriage. And that's why I can't just say the breakdown of our marriage was... It wasn't, yes, communication. It wasn't all him. I know I played a huge part in that too. And so I believe if I could do it all over again, if I knew who I was, um, I also probably wouldn't have been so quick to say I do and rush into marriage. Um, I, yeah, just knowing who you are also helps the other person understand you better Mm -hmm. um and you teach people how to treat you so if you don't know how you want to be treated how can you teach someone else that um so being more confident and really just knowing who I am who God Mm -hmm. created me to be um would have probably changed everything so that's what I would do over (laughs) 
And then finally, I just want to ask you then, having said all of that, let's now pretend that you are you talking Mm -hmm. to you back then. How would you have coached yourself? Mm -hmm. And, And then for the sake of the listening audience, how would you coach a woman who is mm. going through what you went through currently. Like talk mm. to yourself, but also talk to her. Okay. <laughs> A little coaching session. Yeah. So I would say to her, whoever's listening and to my, the old me, I would say you are going to be okay. You will get through this. This is not your fault. Um, You have support. Use your support. Do not run away from the people that love you. Reach out to them when you need them. If they say, call me at whatever time, you call them. (laughs) Don't run from the church. Don't run from God. Well, clearly you can't hide from him. So you're fooling yourself if you think that you can, but know that he is with you. He will carry you through. You will come out of this stronger. This is just a test. And it's a test of your faith, of your endurance. You can push through. You can conquer this. You will make it through and you will have, you know, a greater story to tell your kids um and they too are watching your kids are watching and so hang on to god don't let go of his hands don't if you slip and fall it's okay he will pick you up um <laughs> and enjoy the ride cuz it's <laughs> It's a ride and it's a roller coaster. You'll have high days. And in one day, you know, within one hour, you could go from laughing to crying and that's okay. And a big part is it's okay to not be okay. Mm. And it's okay to make time for yourself, even though you feel that your role as a mom, you have to give, give, give and pour out. And if I, if, I don't do this, then who's going to do it? You need to find someone that can watch your girls, watch your kids and take that time for yourself. Fill your cup first. Don't let it go empty because you're no good to them if your cup is empty. And take care of yourself. (laughs) I feel like I'm saying all these things, but um, uh, just know that you are loved. Yes. I think that's an excellent place to end it right there. Mm -hmm. You are loved. Deanna, Mm -hmm. thank you so much. Like I think (laughs) 17 times throughout this whole interview, but again, thank you so much for coming on the show and being so honest, so vulnerable, so brave and sharing your story. Now you did mention at the top of the show that you are an owner of a business. Um, if mm-hmm. people wanted to get in touch with you, um, follow you on Instagram or website, whatever, where can they find you? 
So for those who are listening to this podcast, you can actually go to at BMP underscore speaks. And that is um, a page on Instagram where I share this. Like I kind of just show the ins and outs of what it looks like um, to go through my separation and divorce. So you could go there. You could also follow my business page at braids made perfect. If you are something, someone who's interested in learning how to braid, you could also follow at BMP Academy, Mm -hmm. BMP underscore Academy. Um, and if you would like to send me an email, I will make myself available and I will read it and I will respond back to you. (laughs) I will definitely write back to you. Um, I am here for you and, you know, I won't judge or anything. So you can send me an email to info at braidsmadeperfect.com. So I had to think about that. (laughs) Um, I will link all that information in the show notes. So don't worry about scrambling to get a pen. You can just click the link. They'll all be in the show notes. Um, And so I wanted to end you. I wanted to end with this one question. When I asked you at the beginning, how you were feeling, you said nervous and excited. How do you feel now? Oh, (laughs) I feel like I emptied myself. (laughs) Is that a good thing? (laughs) It's a good thing. Like I, I don't, feel nervous, the butterflies in my stomach. I feel, I feel really good. And I, I believe that whoever is listening to this will need to hear it, that, that there is someone that is waiting to hear this podcast. And so, um, yeah, I feel good. I'm grateful for you, Desiree, and this platform, because you can't share stuff like this everywhere and anywhere. Mm-hmm. So thank you for allowing me to pour myself out on here and um, just be authentically me. And thank you for doing that. We'll talk soon. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Talk to you. Bye. All right. So congratulations. You made it to the end of the two part series with Deanna Johnson. I sure hope that you enjoyed this uh, little two-part conversation. Um, There was so much shared, so much wisdom, so much honesty, so much vulnerability. And I am so grateful that Deanna decided to say yes, to share her story for the first time publicly and to share it with me. I really am honored. Um, So what are your thoughts? How are you feeling after this episode? I would love to hear it. I think I told you at the beginning how to do it. Follow me on Instagram at sisterdoingokay. You can go to my website, www.sisterdoingokay.com. Or you can talk to me in the comment section of Apple Podcasts. Anyway, Apple Podcasts is not the only place you can hear this this podcast, by the way. It's available on Spotify. You can actually say, Alexa, play Sis You're Doing Okay, and she'll play it for you. Right? Okay. Bougie much, right? Okay. Anyway, next week I'm going to be talking to a fellow podcaster. Her name is Latina, and she is the host of the Crown Thoughts podcast. Um, She's also a licensed social worker, and she just graduated with like high honors. I mean, 
And she's a single mom and all the things. She's going to help us understand trauma. So make sure you are subscribed and set that notification bell so that when that episode is available, you won't miss it. And before you go, sis, I just want to remind you that hard often comes before happy. Let's embrace those hard parts. They're going to move us forward. And please don't give up, even when it feels hard, because one day you'll look back on this time and you will marvel at how much you've grown through it. You're still alive, which means there is a purpose and an assignment that you were created to accomplish. It may not feel like it right now, but sis, you're doing okay.